Welcome to the Success with God and Psych podcast, where it's all about a purpose-driven life where God and psychology mix together and guide your way. And now, your host who's funny, informative, and a straight shooter, doing this so you have a better life, Dr. Jessica Kersner. Hey, 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 you know what I like to say? There's no better day than today for blessings, impact, and purpose. And today I want to talk about um, moving past depression and anxiety and what is it like to live a life without that? And what does that, what is that supposed to be like? What are my expectations for that? What um, emotion should I expect to feel? I had a patient uh, this past week that said to me, Um, We were doing a check-in for her day and she said, I don't know how I'm feeling. I don't know a life without depression. She didn't know whether to say she was happy or sad or, you know, um, okay. She was like, I know I'm not depressed, but I don't know what that emotion would be. And so I thought it'd be great to talk about um, what is it like to live a life without clinical anxiety and clinical depression. Um, So I had a quote that I saw online uh, that I thought was uh, very interesting. And I wanted to uh, share that. And it said, having anxiety and depression is like being scared and tired at the same time. It's the fear of failure, but no urge to be productive. It's warning friends, but hating socializing. It's warning to be alone, but not wanting to be lonely. It's caring about everything then caring about nothing. It's feeling everything at once, then feeling paralyzingly numb. And I hear that all the time from my patients that, you know, you have that dichotomy of, okay, I'm scared, and but I'm tired at the same time. You know, I have to feel a fear of failure, but I don't have a desire to do much of anything. I want to have friends, but I don't want to go out and socialize. Um, and that becomes your normal, right? That becomes that that way you experience life. But what happens when everything you work for is now gotten here? Like you, you've done the therapy, and you, or you're on your medication, or whatever you choose to believe in, using um, spiritual based help, and you're saying, okay, I'm now in the place where I'm not in a clinical depression. How do I modulate what I expect day to day? And so we're going to talk about that today, uh, right after the break. Meet Fred. Fred once felt stuck in a rut, and he had trouble connecting with other people. Then Fred read the book Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kersner. Fred found the book interesting and exciting. The down-to-earth approach that the book takes helped to increase his self-esteem. Now, Fred spends less time feeling bad, and he grew to first love himself. Eventually, he gained the capacity to connect with others. You too can benefit from The Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kirshner. Get your copy for only $9.95 from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Books A Million. That's Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kirshner. Get up on your signed copy at healingactscoach.org. All right, and we're back. And so let's talk about it. So you are now, you know you're not clinically depressed anymore. You know, you don't have that clinical level of anxiety and 
we're now moving into the like, let me live my life without this. What's that first stage we normally see? What I normally see uh, with my patients over this this time I've done this is that people start in that questioning, confusing place. You know, like it's things like, will I sink back into that deep level of depression? You know, is, is this going to stay here? Like, am I going to stay better? Because I, the fear is that I'm going to instantly be back depressed. And what I try to tell all my patients to stay present focused, right? We want to say take every day, one day at a time. And if you're always fearful of moving back, then it paralyzes your behavior. And so you want to say, okay, use that fear to motivate you. I don't, I don't want to go back. So you stay working the principles you have learned, right? Um, but the first place you are confused because this is nice. This is good. But it's like, but this has always failed. Like I've never, ever just been able to maintain this for a long time. And that depression has just come and has overruled everything. Or anxiety has come in and it's been this cloud. And that has been my normal. And so you don't know whether you should get comfortable or should I accept that this is going to be me now, that this is still me. And what I challenge people to say is, okay, you still have that depression, right? It's not, we, we would never say that you never not work the coping skills you've learned or the, the take the medicine that you're given or, you know, work the spiritual tenets that you're working. We would never say stop doing that because then it's easy for that depression to keep back in. It is the thing you fight, right? It is the thing that you are tarrying against. And, and it's like, okay, so we don't do that. And so if that's what we're looking for, that is our number one thing automatically to say that is not our new existence, right? We still have these things. It's just like if someone wants to maintain a healthy heart or a, and a healthy life, then they have to go to the gym and they have to do this. But I have to accept that if I want a healthy life, those things have to be there. And so that's just part. That question and confusion place of is, will I sink back into it? Can this be real? What is this me? Is this going to be me? Am I in a dream? Is this going to happen, right? Our next step is acceptance. So as soon as you say, you know what? I like it. Like I, I like it. And I've not met one person that didn't like it once they could accept it. Uh, in the beginning, you're, you're so afraid that it becomes a place of, you know, do or die, right? It's like, if I move forward, um, then I'm afraid of going backwards. But if I stay here, that's not an option either. So it's like, I either have to commit to it and say, I'm going to going to enjoy this depression, anxiety free world. Um, uh, where's cl that clinical level? Or am I going to just say, I just want to like sabotage everything and sink back into it. But when they get to the place of acceptance, they're like, okay, I like this, you know, okay, I'm going to work those coping skills, but the acceptance stage, the acceptance stage is where you say, okay, so we're saying, I know I need to take this medication. I know I need to work these tenants. And I'm saying I'm going to do that. But what does that look like? Because what happens is someone will call me and say, you know, I had a moment today where I was sad. Or I had a moment today where I was irritable. Or I had a moment today where I felt like, you know, I was tired. And I think that means that I'm back to where I used to be. And you know how hard it is to just accept the range of emotions at this point, because 
living a life without depression or anxiety doesn't mean clinical levels of depression, anxiety does not mean that you're not going to feel any negative emotion, right? It's normal. The range of emotions were created for a reason. They were to define our human emotional experiences, right? And so we feel happy. We feel sad. We feel angry. We feel um, irritable. You know, we feel blah. And so it's, it's one of those things where those emotions are normal. And so, and some of them are negative and some of them are happy. You feel joyful, you feel excited, you feel love, but love can also make you feel great. And love can also make you feel bad, but it still is a positive emotion. Right. And so then we start to get into the place of uh, what I call frustration tolerance, which is when we have those negative emotions, we say, okay, I can tolerate the ability to experience these without saying that magnifying where they are. I can be irritable and not magnifying that to be, I am instantly back to that clinical level of anxiety or depression, right? I can feel angry and it's just, I'm appropriately angry. This happened and I am angry or I'm angry and this is a hormonal shift, right? Or um, I woke up today and I've just been tired. And so I don't feel like doing anything, not because I'm back to that level of clinical depression or anxiety. It's just because I'm tired and I'm fatigued and that is completely normal. And so the biggest thing for me in the acceptance stage is where we spend the most time and that we spend the most time. What I call what I tell my life coach and my patients are is that we spend this time saying, let's accept our new norm. Let's accept the ability to tolerate negative emotions because everyone's happy about feeling happy. You know, everyone's okay. I'm okay. Feeling happy. I'm okay. Feeling love. I'm okay. Feeling joyful. I'm okay. with Feeling excited. But the minute I feel sad, the minute I feel angry, the minute I feel lonely, the minute I feel just a little bit frustrated, then I'm like, Oh no, you know, like it, it's a crisis. No, it's not a crisis. It's, it's what we all experience. It's what we all go through. And we should, you know, uh, you should be able to look outside and you see the rain and it's cloudy. And one day you could look out there and you're like, oh my gosh, is this is so beautiful. And another day it triggers a memory for you that makes you feel kind of sad and melancholy. And you, you, it takes you back to a place or where you get nostalgic and that kind of prompts a sad, but fond memory. But it kind of makes you sad because you missed that person or you missed this thing. But at the same time, you're very happy you had that experience and it's a, it was a good experience. That should happen. That is the human experience. And um, when you're stuck in that clinical level of anxiety or the clinical level of depression, you're feeling that emotion has taken over and your ability to feel anything outside of it has changed. And now we're saying we want you to just, we're not saying, oh, we only want you to feel happy. We want you to feel the range of emotion. And I want you to get happy and okay with that. And so that's what that acceptance stage is. And how exactly do we do that? And so what we normally do is whenever those emotions come, right? You say, okay, did this emotion last for all day and then all that week? Because clinical depression is two weeks or more, right? So if we start to see it lasting past a couple hours, if something triggers me and I'm upset, even if sometimes I'm not aware of it, or if it's a hormonal thing, I I should not 
it should not go those two weeks, right? But even even still in a relationship or in my home or at work, I shouldn't stay fuming at a coworker for an extended period of time. And so I always tell people, if you can diary, you know, if you can take inventory and journal during that time in that period of acceptance, what that helps you do is to um, monitor yourself. And then you can say, you know what? You know, uh, it not only gives you the ability to, to, to track, right, to track the time frame, but it also gives you ability to now learn yourself. Because after acceptance, what we go into is learning who you now are, because you only have known you do with your depression or with your anxiety at that clinical level. Now you have to learn who you are without it. And so that's what we're going to talk about after this break. How do I learn who I am without it? Like, how do I learn me? Right after the break, guys, we'll talk. Happiness is defined as a state of well-being and joy. Did you know laughter increases happiness? William James said, we don't laugh because we're happy. We're happy because we laugh. Studies have shown laughter can decrease stress and pain and even increase your immunity. Laughter provides not only emotional, but physical release. What can you do? Find moments to laugh with family and friends and coworkers every day. Watch funny videos on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram TV, or any social media platform where you can watch videos. Also, journal about funny memories from your past that you can remember as a way to laugh daily or ensure that you don't forget and give yourself a laugh on a bad day in the future. This has been your Helenite Dr. K's Focus Me Minute with Dr. Jessica Kersman. Get more info at Helenite Dr. K at Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or listen to the Success with God in Sight podcast. All right, and we're back. And so what do we do when we start to learn ourselves? So what's that first process? And so the first part of learning yourself is to remember that what we just said before already. So I had I to accept what you have, right? I have this clinical level of anxiety or depression. And that is just true. Like some days it's going to be a bad day. And that's a day you can make it through. Those those emotions will be painful. They they are going to hurt, but they will pass. And so to accept that that is a norm, right? That that's going to happen. But you are now on the other side of that we also have good days in there too. It's not all bad. It's not all um, just going to be in that clinical level anymore. We are we are on the other side, right? And then the next piece of that is okay. I am committed to working the things I know works, right? So I'm committed to using those coping skills. I'm committed to going to therapy. I'm committed to talking to my pastor. I'm committed to going to the place I worship. I'm committed to taking my medication, right? So whatever you had to do and whatever regimen you needed to work on and whether it includes exercise or includes meditation, those things we want to say, okay, those are in my, my daily routine, my weekly routine, the level that it got you at, we want to go to that is our maintenance level, right? So we are committed at that point to maintain maintain that. And so that's the second part. The next part is we want to start to say, how do I distinguish for my personal self? What is when I'm just sad versus depressed, right? What is when I feel nervous versus my anxiety? So we really want you to now start saying, okay, wait. Is this just sadness for me or is this my depression? And how do you know that for yourself? So 
You may be a person you say, you know what? I kind of always wake up in a bad mood. Like I'm just not a morning person, but you never knew you weren't a morning person before because that anxiety was so high, right? Or that depression was so high that it ballooned over everything. But now that we're on the other side and we're not in that clinical level anymore because we, we, we've done that treatment, right? And we're, we're working those principles. We're saying that, some, but sometimes when I wake up, I still have it. Or sometimes during the day, I get it. And so we really want you to, that through that journaling process we were talking about, through that process with your therapist, or through that uh, spiritual place, you know, use those things to figure out how do we know when we're going backwards? Because it can happen. You're, the chemical imbalance in your brain can be offset by anything. And that can be getting older. That can be gaining weight. That could be losing weight. That could be having children. Anything can offset that. And so we want you to know you so you know when we're starting to head in the wrong direction, right? And so that's our first place. And that keeps us in a safe space. That keeps us in a space where we say, okay, what we want, which is to not hopefully as much as possible have those negative episodes last for an extended period of time, do that as possible. So then what do we do, right? After we say, okay, I know the difference between my uh, normal level and my uh, clinical level of whichever you experience, then we want to say, who am I? You know, do I, am I a morning person? Am I not a morning person? You might be someone that thought you were never a morning person. And then when we're on the side, you realize I actually really prefer mornings. I really prefer to get up and I wake up in a good mood. And the days I don't wake up in a good mood, I know that's a bad day for me, right? But I would generally wake up in a good mood. So you're you're actually a morning person, you know? Uh, I am a morning person. And sometimes if I wake up and it is a bad morning, then that is when I know my hormones are shift, have shifted and I'm going to need to do some other things to pick myself up because my hormones are, are, are causing me to feel bad or I'm just moody today. Um, and that's everybody. And so we want you to start knowing yourself. Are you a morning person? You know, what are your likes? Because that stuff takes over. And so at some point you're just surviving, right? So I'm doing just barely what I can. So you sit down and say, well, do you like to take a walk? Do you actually like that or don't you? You know, do you like to ride a bike or do you? And so we want to get you into a place of trying things. So this is where I'm at. We say open our box, open our window and say, I want to try new things. I want to go out and say, let me see, do I like this or not? And we can't figure that out by sitting in here thinking about it. We figure that out by doing it. And so this is where we want to try things. We want to say, okay, go take a walk. Do you like that? Do you like being around people? So am I liking a social atmosphere at a Barnes and Noble or, you know, a bookstore? Or do I like a more social atmosphere like in a park? Or do I like it in a church? You know, where where do you like it? Kind of Dr. Seuss in here. <laughs> but it's like, what do you like? And where do you like it? You know, what foods do you like? And so at this point, we're kind of going back to the basics here and saying, you know, what we what you take for granted that people do all the time. You don't realize that you haven't done it because you've been just trying to make it through every day. And so at this point, we're saying, okay, let's try to figure out us. So then you can have more to can increase the places of enjoyment in that day. How do we do that? And so that's the next step. The next step is saying, okay, what do I like? 
Do I like, you know, orange, orange marmalade? Do I like strawberry jelly and jam? You know, what do I like? And and I make that very simple to say, because sometimes you may say, well, I already know that. I don't know that. But you will, you will be surprised how, when you get into a survival standpoint, that you just do what you need to make it every day just to be here because that level was so high clinically that that functioning was very poor. You know, that functioning was, was not there. And so you were not doing things you enjoy. You just, you some, at some point just did the things that didn't make it worse. And those are two different things. Something that didn't make it worse was not necessarily something that you enjoyed. It was just something that didn't make it worse. And so now we're saying, let's go for what do you enjoy? What do you like? What makes things better? And so that would be the next part, right? And so now when I've learned myself, when I've learned that, okay, I do like this. I I think I do want a relationship. I think I do want these things. Then what do I do? And we say, then we start trying to increase those more, right? But then we want to go to the part of relationships and people and talking to them about um, appropriately about your experience with you. And so the people that are closest to you, um, the way they support you and the way they help you is not by not knowing, right? If you have someone in your life that struggles with depression or just struggles with anxiety, I know for me, it has always been very helpful for me that they told me that because sometimes that helped me uh, relate that helped me provide support that also gave me enough understanding that I was able to feel empowered to help shift them to help um, be a part of that process. And so what we do then is say, OK, the people in your world, you know, now that you know yourself on the other side, right now, that you know what you like, you know what helps you. You're in your process. Let's go sit down with some of those people and say, hey, you know. Because most of them probably know you've had depression and the ones that don't, that you want to include you, you let them know, you know, I do have this, but I haven't learned I am not a morning person. And so it's, I don't want you to think, you know, I'm back to being uh, clinically depressed when you see that I'm having a bad morning. It's actually, I'm not having a bad morning. That's just me. But if you give me about 30 minutes after I have a cup of coffee, I am back to normal. That's good information. Like that's simple information, but it's good information. And then other information is, but I have learned that if that time period goes past noon, it's a very bad day for me. And it's not just, I'm not a morning person. This is a bad day. And in those moments, I would like this helps shift me or this help, this helps does this, like this is how I shift. You know, if someone comes in and makes a joke, like humor helps me or, you know, talking about the office. Cause I can laugh about that all day or talking about, um, so, you know, something funny on TV and you say, okay, this helps me or listening to this song. Or sometimes you just come and sharing your world and you say, you know what, you don't have to mention that I seem like I'm in a bad state. But then you you to share with me something that's going on with you. That really helps me. Um, and that elevates me. That elevates that mood that brings me down or it calms me down. And so we want to now empower the people around us to help us. Right. And so that's that next step. Include the people in your world. So we include the people in your world. And at some point we do as a part of therapy process in there. anyway. We you have some people that are there um as your safe people. But we're saying let's broaden that out a little bit. 
Let's now not try to make it like it's this dirty little secret or it's this thing you have to like say, okay, I'm so past that. I'll never go back there. No, 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 no. Um, You know, we want to talk about it as if it's just a new norm. So it's just like how, you know, um, with women, you know, women have monthly uh, cycles, right? And so sometimes what we do is we tell people the week before, hey, you know, I'm in a bad mood or I'm in a type of mood because that's coming. And that's not to say it's excusing my behavior, but you tell people that, you know, it's that it's that time or it's about to be that time. And so usually this time I get really sleepy. And so people know that that's all it is. And they might can do you want some coffee? Do you want a soda? Do you, you know, you need some sugar? Um, and they can provide support. And if we act like it doesn't happen, well, you're still going to have to shift, right? It's still going to happen. It's just that those people then do what most people do when they don't know what to do. They avoid you and give you space and give you time. And if that's what you need, then great. But if that is not what you need, then it is not a good place. And then we end up sometimes hurting people's feelings or um, doing things and then trying to come after it. Where if we do it ahead of time, there's no need later to have a place because they already know how to support you. And we're not um, create a negative, a negative space there. And so you want to bring your people in, right? I want to bring my people in and, and get them to support me. And we're going to talk about the last thing we do. And so, and the last thing we want to talk about is, okay, how do we push past this for the future to say how, because a lot of people say, okay, we take, said, take it one day at a time. But how do I look in the future? Like, how do I plan then for the future when everyone's saying always, always plan for today? You know, always plan for tomorrow, take it one day at a time. Um, but we 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 do, we do plan. And so let's talk about what that plan looks like right after this. Sometimes we say things to ourselves like, I am never going to get any better than this. Uh, I can't do this. I can't overcome this. And when we do that, what are we saying? I'm really saying to myself, today is the best day of my life. And every day after this will pretty much suck or... I will never get any better than I am right now. This is the best version of me. Do we believe that? No. Does that sound depressing? Yes. Speak life to yourself. Say positive things to yourself. It matters. What you say to yourself matters for you. And so I say things like, hey, I can do better than this. It can get better than this. And everything starts to reflect that as well. Positive talk helps. And so start some positive talk today. This has been your Focus Me Minute with Dr. K. Uh, please email me at kersnerjessica at gmail.com. That's K-E-R-Z-N-E-R-J-E-S-S-I-C-A at gmail.com. So C.S. Lewis says, there are far better things ahead than anything we leave behind. And so when we say there are far better things ahead, we said we can look for the future, right? Because the things we left behind, that clinical level, right? We're trying to leave that stuff behind where it's just, it's, it's taken over. It has, it has grown so much that it was our existence every single day of every single moment. But when you start looking at the future, at some point you got to the point when you're like, okay, I'm in existence for just myself. But Fred Rogers said, if you could only sense how important you are to the lives of those you meet how important you can be to the people you may never even dream of. There is something of yourself that you leave at every meeting with another person. And so when we start planning for the future, my 
uh, challenge to anyone who actually needs the information in this podcast is sometimes you don't realize how just one interaction with you changes the next person. And so sometimes we have to have something bigger than ourselves, not even sometimes, a lot of times we have to have something bigger than ourselves uh, to push forward, to push past. Right. And so with this, I'm saying, think about the people who you will affect. And so that planning for the future becomes, okay, so let's, let's look to the future and say, how can you use your experience to make a difference, right? And and to make a difference is not necessarily like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go um, save the world. It, But you can go save the world, but you save the world one person at a time. And that's just by saying that testimony, that being able to share with people, I had clinical depression and I moved past it. You never know who in your office is struggling just like you were. Because people suffer in silence, right? You know, I had clinical anxiety and 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 I was able to use these things to help me. Um, sometimes just posting on Facebook, you know, th- life is good now. And I remember when I was suffering or, uh, you know, you say, OK, I take I take every day and I am thankful for every day because I remember when I suffered every day. Right. And so we say. I am big on vision boards. I love them. I love, love, love them. And so with almost in any area of coaching or any other area with my patients, I can use them. I mean, it is pretty hard for me not to have it. And so I like to say at this point, let's get you a vision board and you say, okay, in what way will you give back? In what way will you pay this forward? And so that you can say that anyone you meet, even if it's just, I will always try to greet people with a smile. You know, or I will always try to be the person that someone remembers that day because I will do something kind for someone, you know, whether it's just I will open the door for people when I know they need it happening or I will tell someone, you know what, that shirt looks nice on you. So we want to get back. Right. And so we make this vision board. That vision board is not just about um, where you're going, because I want you to include that too, right? We want to be able to put your face up there and you're committing to my life. And that's when I tell people, I'm like, I want your face on that board. I want your name on that board. And why? Because you're part of it. You're part of this vision. And so that is you committing to yourself. I'm committing to myself that this is my life. This is what I want. Do you want to travel? Start to dream. Because when you're surviving, you're not dreaming. You're just literally surviving. And so now I want that. I want you to dream and we want you to dream here. And so I want you to get there and you want to say, okay, do I want to travel? You know, do I want a house? Do I, what kind of job do I want? How can I, how can I give back? How can I pay this for so someone else can experience this who was in, who was in just as much pain or worse than I am? Or even if it's not just as worse, they're still suffering, right? They're still in pain. How can I help them? And so you get a nice board and get some crafting projects and you say, let me put this sucker together. Let me figure out some pictures from, you know, online. Let me find me some quotes because quotes are motivational. You know, how many times can you read something and it speaks to you? How many times can you find a Bible verse and you go, man, that is all about me. Um, or you hear something, you go, these people get it. You know, I anchor on quotes because I want people to know this isn't just something I thought about. Other people have thought about the same thing too. Other people have said this is beneficial. And so it's like reinforcement. So have 
other people. Find quotes, find stories, find books where other people have gone through that same experience or something similar. You know, Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, I always use him when I talk to people about clinical depression because to me, Eeyore had clinical depression, right? Eeyore could like, Eeyore just... I mean, he could, it was, it was a struggle for him and, and he wanted to be happy, but he also didn't know anything outside of sadness, right? He's, he's like that quote I read earlier. He, he wanted friends, but then he wanted to withdraw. He didn't want to do the socializing. It was just too much. He wanted to get out and experience things, but he was too tired to do it, you know? And it's like, can you find things that help people relate? Can you make something? Can you create something? Um, how can you pay this forward? And so let's start thinking about that. Push past you, you know, invest in, in the next person. And when you see that, you see that multiply. If you only find one person that you can help, it is so rewarding. It gives back and it, 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 it pushes you forward. It motivates you more. Um, but it also then you helped another person make it through what at one point you thought you couldn't make it through or you thought wouldn't change. Well, that's it for today, guys. And so uh, check us out at Helinax, Dr. K at Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter. Uh, check check us out. Subscribe, share, um, um, share the podcast. Uh, I thank you guys. I'm almost at 10,000 followers on Instagram. I'm very excited about that. I plan to do a promotion then to give away a couple of books um, at that time. Maybe some, um, a few life coaching sessions as well, but I'm really, really excited. So let's get on face. Let's get on Facebook like there. Let's get on Instagram. I really want to push that to get it there. We're almost there. Um, guys, I thank you so much. If you want to email me, email me at healingxdrk at gmail.com. That's H-E-A-L-I-N-G. D-R-K at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Have a good day.